Hello and welcome to Connected episode 310. It's made possible by our sponsors, Hover, Bombus, and SideQuest. My name is Stephen Hackett and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I missed y'all last week. Nice nice to have you back. Thank you. you. How's the plumbing? And, uh, oh, mm. The people want to know. I give a plumbing update. You have to we... introduce Mike first. Oh, Mike's here. Hey, Mike. Hello. Hello. So how's the plumbing? <laughs> yeah, so I missed last week's show because all of our pipes exploded. So what is, uh, what's happening is as soon as it quits raining, so we had like Hurricane Laura leftovers come through and some other rain after it. So it's all very wet. But once it quits raining, a guy with a backhoe is going to come and dig a trench in my yard because we have to replace the, the line from the house to the sewer under the street. What's a backhoe? I have no idea. What is what is a can you spell it? Uh, B-A-C-K-H-O-E. Okay. Is that an instrument? It's like a, a no, it's like a, a digging machine. You know, like yellow, it's, it's a, got the scoop yeah, on it. Federica, you know these when you see them. It's just like, as usual, Americans have weird names for things, you know? That's what it's called. Let's see. It's like a digger. Oh, well, you don't call this a backhoe. Uh, That's what Wikipedia calls it. No, this has a different name. Um, the Wikipedia page was made by an American, clearly, is the problem. There is a different name for this. Um, like an digger. excavator? Yeah, or excavator or, or a digger. Yeah. yeah. This is an excavator. Yes. Not a, what, what is a backhoe? <laughs> is that the brand <laughs> of the company that makes them? That's usually how it goes in America. There's a funny thing, mm-hmm. actually, where they're colloquially known as JCBs in the UK because of the brand uh, mm-hmm. JCB. But, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not 100% sure why it's called a backhoe. Like, what's the hoe, you know? And it's not in the back. It appears to be in the front. It's in. The, it's actually very much in the front. Yeah, <laughs> it's very confusing. It's, it's really a front shovel more than a back hoe because, yes. like a hoe, doesn't a hoe you you like till ground with a hoe to make it? Yeah. So, and this isn't yeah. that. Like if you're gonna plant stuff, because like, well, I mean, you could till ground with this. Yeah, but like, like this uh, digs aggressively. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, to so anyways, it. whatever. <laughs> yeah. So whatever this piece of industrial equipment is, uh, some some people are going to come, mm-hmm. and they're, we're going to replace the sewer line from the house to the sewer. Uh, it may go under a big oak tree in my front yard, in which case the tree may not survive. So like, it's just lots of knock on effects. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. how much, Stephen? How much do we need to pay you so that that day you mm-hmm. keep in front of that guy? You keep referring to the machine as an excavator. You never say the word backhoe. I just see what he says. Nice excavator you got what, there. See if he corrects you. <laughs> Lovely excavator. Ah, oh, look at the yeah. power oh, on you the excavator. With the excavator. <laughs> yeah, man, that JCB is looking good, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so think about it. Think about a price, and Mike and I can split it. Well, and we'll donate it to St. Jude. <laughs> okay. But we need video evidence. Like, like, oh, this is it. We got it, right? You pick a price. We'll donate it. But we need you to like. We need proof. Like, so a, vo- a voice memo or a video. Have your iPhone recording <laughs> the audio and put it in your pocket. And be like, oh, you brought the excavator. I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is this one of those things that your dad's gonna be there so you'll be super embarrassed to say it uh, it's, gotta be, it's, it's mostly good. that yeah yeah uh, you're gonna be like what are you talking about <laughs> you're no son of mine <laughs> that, that's a backhoe son <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll put it on reels. That's what the chat room says. Yeah. So. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, check me out on reels for my hot uh, excavator content. <laughs> it's September. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very exciting. Today's September 1st, which to say we're recording this a day early this week, which feels very weird. Yeah, I'm going to be off basically. all week now. Uh, I'm ruined. Yep. It's, it's not going to be good. Uh, but in September, we take time to talk about and focus on St. Jude Children's Research Hospital because September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Cancer is uh, something that is so we on this show, we've all dealt with uh, in one way or another. And it's something that really touches a lot of people's lives. And when when that intersects with the life of a child, it, it feels exceptionally tragic in a lot of ways. And, you know, I went through that as a parent when our uh, oldest son at six months of age was diagnosed with a brain tumor. But because of St. Jude, uh, he is still with us today. He is going to turn 12 in a couple of months, and he's doing school, and he 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 is living a life that is um, a miracle and a gift because of the work at St. Jude. So uh, their research, their treatment, all of this is done with no bills going to the family. I've never p- paid St. Jude a dime in over 10 years of treatment and, and it care. it would have been millions, right? It, it would have, it would have it would, no exaggeration, financially ruined us. And, um, and unfortunately... A lot of people are in that situation, but St. Jude is there for its patients and families to take care of them. And that's only possible because of the support that uh, people like us uh, give the hospital. And I wrote a little post on 512, and I posted it, uh, published it right before the show. But it's been so humbling and cool to see the Apple community get behind this every year, because we've been doing this for several years, even though this year is like the second podcast-a-thon. Like, we've been raising money and talking about St. Jude for a long time. Yeah, we were just doing it without telling them before, Yeah, right? Like, we were just doing it. <laughs> yep. They're like, why don't you come do a live show? Yeah. And we agreed, and it's um, uh, all history. So uh, go to stjude.org slash relay. We would love for you to support St. Jude. We today crossed $50,000 raised, which is amazing. So I'm going to work on scheduling a tour of my Mac setup. That was a milestone at fifty grand. And so we are doing things leading up to the podcast-a-thon, doing a bunch of extra content. Mike, you did a video this past weekend that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay tuned to that page, uh, even after you donate, because we are doing additional things throughout the month. Uh, but we would love for you to go visit stjude.org slash relay. Is it googly eye time? It is. Yeah. So you want to uh, explain this? Uh, last year, me and Stephen kind of I will always maintain that Stephen put me in a bad situation and gave himself a great situation, which was for every $250 raised, I had to remove a sticker from one of my devices and Stephen had to add a sticker to something in his home. And he just picked a bunch of great stickers, got amazing stickers sent to him from the listeners, got to cherry pick which ones he wanted, put them where he liked. It was mm-hmm. a great fun time had by him. Yeah, I got to I got to backhoe my way through some good You sure good did. Stickers. You sure mm. did. Stephen Backhoe Hackett. Stephen Backhoe <laughs> 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 anyway, anyway, anyway. So uh, this oh, year, uh, we have been encouraged by the wonderful people at St. Jude to do something else like this. And what we have decided to do is to equally damage each other this time. We are in a 
a mutual, uh, what is it? Mutually assured destruction with googly eyes. So, yes, googly eyes played a pretty important role in the podcastathon in the fact that I had them stuck into my beard and looked like some kind of monster. So, me and Stephen have bought hundreds upon hundreds of googly eyes, and for every two hundred and fifty dollars raised from now. Uh, I think until the week of the podcast-a-thon, because then we're switching over to something else that we'll talk about when we get a little bit closer to it. Both Stephen and I will be placing one googly eye for every $250 raised somewhere in either of our workspaces. So for me, it will be a combination of Mega Office in my home and Mega Studio. Uh, we will be placing googly eyes all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. We have, and I, we both have some interesting uh, ideas for this one. So, mm-hmm. so from now until uh, for the next couple of weeks, every two hundred and fifty dollars raised, there will be a googly eye placed somewhere. And of course, Stephen and I will be uh, tweeting images of uh, the destruction of our uh, property as everything gets a little bit creepier in our studio spaces. Yep, that's right. It's gonna be fun. And and weird yeah. and upsetting. Yeah. If you have that thing where like eyes freak you out, um, uh, I have so, the so thing sorry. with the holes, right? What is it? Yeah, trypophobia. Yeah. Don't look it up. Don't look it up, anyone, because looking this thing up is when you realize you it freaks you out. So just you don't look it. it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. This was the thing everyone was talking about when the Mac Pro got introduced, right? So like mm-hmm. we all remember that. So there you go. Saintjude.org/slash/relay. Give what you can, and then when the podcastathon rolls around, give some more. That's the that's the Mike Hurley message here. Give multiple times. That's right. It's a worthy, worthy cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get a little bit of follow up. So, as promised at WWDC, Apple has launched the ability to suggest changes to the developer guidelines. So, they've created a, a website with a form. This is effectively a suggestion box for developers. So you can go in and say like, oh, hey, I think you should change this guideline. Uh, I really hope that Apple listen and pay attention to what's being said here. I hope that this is being done with the best intentions and not just to like make it seem like we're doing something. You know, like a lot of suggestion boxes, they exist just so people can feel empowered about making their suggestion, right? I hope that they really do pay attention. I do, though, wonder how critical people will be, like existing developers, because I can imagine that same nervousness existing of like, oh, I don't want to upset Apple, you know, and you're doing it directly to them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And and I'll be keen to know uh, if anybody does share anything and they hear back, I I would love to see what the results of that is, either on or off the record. Um, along with this change, Apple will from now on no longer be holding up bug fixes when there are perceived guideline violations. I'm interested to see how that, you know, they've been doing that recently. I mean, lots of stories about this of Apple, like basically taking bug up fix updates hostage until in-app purchases are added. Apparently, they're not going to do any of this anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. This is like a very, like, this is almost like like a drop of water to somebody in a desert, right? Where we are with this whole mess right now. Um, but these are things that I guess could make some changes. I hope. We'll see. And it should be, it should be noted that um, you need to log in with your developer account. That's this exactly. is not something that you can do anonymously. And, and yep. I just tried and you need to log in with your account to be able to submit feedback. So uh, that's why some people may be, you know, a little um, 
hesitant to actually send critical feedback. So we'll see if anything comes out of this. It just feels, well, I don't know. I want to be optimistic here, but it just feels like a placebo thing. Like, oh, we have a form now and you can air your opinions. But, you know, maybe that's a little too, you know, negative. I want to believe that maybe something good will come out of, out of this. At least it's something. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We have some breaking news for the follow-up. Is it really? Uh, straight from... It is. Straight from the Discord. Uh, this article is a couple of days old, so we missed it. But anyways, Guardian VPN uh, had an issue with the App Store, and apparently they went through this process, and the App Store changed their mind. Uh, the app had been threatened with rejection over some in-app purchase stuff. Um about like they had like a 24-hour trial and apparently the app store guidelines say a subscription period must la- last at least seven days so there was like some conflict there and uh, it looks like they worked it out so maybe this will be good it's a good early example okay well i hope that, pretty cool I hope that that will turn into a set of stories of its own right but there's actually some good news this episode of connected is brought to you by hover one of relay fm's longest running sponsors when you have that big idea for a business or a project, where do you go? Where do you start? Well, Hover is a great first step because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name there waiting for you to adopt it. Like a, like a puppy on the internet. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free Whois privacy so bad guys don't get your info, clean UX and UI, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. So it's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. I got an email just this morning from Hover where several domains of mine related to 512pixels are going to renew. Because when I bought that domain for the first time, you know, I bought shortened versions and, you know, I, I, the site lives at the .net, but I own, you know, the .com and different variations of it. And they're all up for renewal and uh, it made me smile. It's like, oh yeah, 512pixels is uh, his birthday, you know? It's, it's a happy birthday, 512pixels. Happy birthday. Hover, you should send me a birthday cake for my blog. I'll just uh, I'll just say that, put that out there. You're, you're drunk with power now. <laughs> Writing this I one know. in. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike my ad read, uh, Hover has an intuitive user experiences, and things just work straight out of the box. It's really easy to go in, to navigate, make DNS changes, uh, add things to your account, all super simple. So buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL, hover.com slash connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for the support of the show and Relay FM. Like a very kind individual, uh, Mark Gurman was aware that we were recording early is the only assumption that I can make. So published a report, I believe, this morning as we were recording this, uh, doing what Mark does around this time of year where he rounds up what is he will say is going to happen at Apple's fall event. Uh, and we have a large selection of things here that I want to go through. Uh, and I guess we can kind of stop as we... Uh, as we go through, I think the first. Actually, do you know what, Stephen? Why don't you read the first bullet point? 
in this list that I've compiled here. Yeah. Why don't you read that? I think that's important for you to read. 75 million 5G enable iPhones are being made. Mm. What do you think about that? Uh, that seems like a lot of iPhones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is or not, but because Apple doesn't uh, share volume of sales anymore, right? We don't know how many phones they sell, mm-hmm. but 75 million seems like a lot, and they're going to have so called 5G in them. So cold. <laughs> what does that mean? What is so cold? Like? You know, if, uh, some people call it 5G. Right. Some people don't. What do you call it? A hoax? What do you call it? <laughs> I'm not going down that road with you guys. Uh, <laughs> there is something kind of fun where, like, you were a 5G denier before it was a thing. Yeah. And now there's, like, a whole thing about it. And so you're I'm, kind I'm of, like, backing out of the room. interlinked with this now, which is kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. So do you want to accept yeah. 5G yet? Look, I w- I'm excited mm-hmm. about our predictions. Feeling a little nervous about my 5G one. <laughs> Are you going to concede to the existence of 5G? <laughs> I've seen the light. Okay. Uh, I've seen the the many, many 5G towers going up literally mm. in my neighborhood. I think there's one at the end of my street now. There you go. They're coming <laughs> for you. They're suckling in. So, yeah, getting closer and closer. Now, what we don't know really is the timing of the event, right? Like, no, no one really seems to have a good handle on this. But Mark sure. did uh, indicate in his report that the product releases, at least, would be in October, um, which is kind of what we we th- figured anyway, because Apple said that we're going to be a couple of weeks late. Whether they have the event towards the end of September or not, we're going to have to wait and see. But it's very likely that these products will come out probably over October and November in some cases. So a lot of this stuff we have heard before, but I think is, you know, over the course of a year, there are so many rumors. I think sometimes it can be difficult and like they get all mixed up. But Mark Gurman is is has a very good track record, and this is what Mark is saying will will be for the iPhone line four iPhones, all with some kind of five G because there are different um, strengths, powers, speeds, that kind of thing. The iPhones will have a different design. All iPhones will have flat edges like the iPad Pro. The Pro models will continue to have stainless steel, and my boys, dark blue replaces midnight mm. green. Ooh. Give me that dark blue phone. Dark blue. As a piece of real-time follow-up for you, I have been having the best time with no case on my iPhone. I love it so much. Yes. I love looking at it. I love holding it. Uh, No case on the iPhone. It's a really nice way to live if you don't break your phone, right? I haven't yet Mm. broke my phone, so we'll find out how long this love affair lasts, but I do very much like not having a case on my phone. So in these four iPhones, we'll, of course, have a wider choice of screen sizes. All the phones will feature OLED screens. The iPhone 12 line will feature a 5.4 and a 6.1-inch phone. That 5.4-inch phone is good. Uh, and a tw- and the 12 Pro will be 6.1 and 6.7 inches. So we'll be getting the uh, the smallest iPhone in this form factor ever and the largest iPhone ever made, screen size-wise. A quote from Mark Gurman's article is, some Apple employees testing their new devices think that the new 6.7-inch screen is one of this year's most notable improvements, the people familiar with the situation said. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One... What's the current size of the Pro Max? 
for context. Someone will give me that. We'll answer that question in just a few seconds. But that's really interesting to me because, well, one, now it makes me want it, right? (laughs) Because I'm always on the fence anyway. But there's no note in this report. So 6.5 inches, Federico. Okay. Okay. There's no note in this report, and it seems a bit sketchy based on some other rumors, as to whether these phones will, at any, any point in the line, feature a 120 hertz refresh rate display. There have been uh, rumors of like the screens will support it, but Apple's having problems getting some of the controllers, the display controllers that they need. So like they were wanting to do it, but maybe can't do it because of parts issues. But when I read that, it's like, does that? Do you think that means that it, that it is a promotion display, which is one of the things that makes it so notable, and at that size makes it even more so? I don't know. It's interesting that we. Do, I don't think that there is a good, like, there's any like really solid um, reporting on whether we're going to see the high refresh rate. I know if we don't, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty disappointed because I know why. If it doesn't happen, I feel like I'll know why. But it was a shame because one, it, I think it's pretty clear that it was supposed to and couldn't. Uh, but yeah, nevertheless, uh, the 12 will ship before the 12 Pro. So it looks like there's probably going to be a bit of a wait time for the for the pro uh, for the pro phones. It sounds like a repeat of um, three years ago with the iPhone yep. X that we're we're all waiting for the new phone to arrive. And did it, it shipped in November, right? At some point in November, I think it was November, in yeah, 20, 2017? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it was November. Uh, was there a new phone? Yeah, there was the iPhone eight, right? That was the year that the iPhone eight came first, and then the iPhone ten. Was that the year 2017? Yes, yes. Because the, the 10 came late. I think it was late October, maybe, or November. Late October. But yeah. yeah, it was early November for me, maybe, mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, it was early November because there was the national strike in Italy of uh, UPS. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. the weekend that the iPhone 10 was supposed to arrive, UPS went on a national oh, strike. You were so mad. I remember, I remember how upset you were. That was, that was, that was a fun year. Yeah, no, no joke. I that's when I became close friends um, with my local UPS person. Mm. Um, I now have his phone number, like his personal phone number, and to make <laughs> sure that I would get the iPhone 10 as soon as possible after the weekend, I called him on a Sunday. I was like, "I'm so sorry to bother oh, you on your yeah, personal." This is when I was trying <laughs> to convince you to bribe him. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that was the thing. (laughs) I was like, I'm so sorry to bother you on a Sunday. It's like, who is this? I'm like, I'm the guy who lives. And I told him the street. And and thankfully, he recognized me on the phone. And so we arranged, like, uh, he told me, like, if you can wake up early tomorrow, if you can meet me at this intersection, we can just exchange your package in the middle of the street. And that's what we did. Like, we actually met at an intersection. And I stopped the car. Oh, my (laughs) God. Me the box. Throw it wow. <laughs> no, I got out of the car. He got out of the van, uh-huh. and he and he gave me he gave me the box. I was really upset that the very weekend that I was I was supposed to be getting the iPhone 10 on a Friday, um, and then UPS went on a on a national strike. So anyway, I wonder um, what that small one's going to be like. The 5.4 inch. See, I am very interested, actually, in trying one. I know that, I, like, personally, for me, I would be getting the biggest one possible, the 6.7. But I am very curious to try the smallest one. For me, and also because I feel like Sylvia 
will actually be be interested in that model like the same form the same design with face id and everything but a smaller iphone so the iphone the- 8 plus had a 5.5 inch display so plus. that's so the, the closest plus as well. yeah so the plus phones had 5.5 so it's like that you know but obviously all the issue with these things is like well then you have to remove the like the all of the body around it but like the mm-hmm. iphone 10 was 5.8 right yes so it's smaller than that but like screen size wise it's kind of in the realm of the the plus phones but without the chin without the forehead all that kind of stuff i'm really torn because i like the 5.8 inch I'm, i use the iphone 11 pro i actually picked up a 10s max uh earlier this week a family member has my t- old 10s max i was like this phone is ginormous and uh yeah so i i I'm a little nervous that I'm gonna kind of be stranded in the middle, guys. I don't want to be stuck in the middle. Well, but you, know, uh, well, you could just go for the twelve. Uh, wait, what's from what? Oh, uh, because the twelve Pro six point one, right? Is that too? Yeah. Is that too much? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I want it as close to five point eight as possible. Like I, I want to stick as close to my size as possible. Huh, the eleven Pro is five point eight, so yeah. it's the. Ah, okay. So all the pros, they're growing a bit. So the thing is going to be like, what are the differences, right? Like that's going to have to be the decision maker. It's like, what features does the pro phone get that the regular phone doesn't? And then make your decision from there, I guess. I mean, I I, I want the pro, like, I mean, I'm a, you know. You're a pro boy. I'm a, a, yeah, I got big pro energy, Mm -hmm. so... Mm. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I think it's good to sort of deal with the sizing issues mm-hmm. because right now with the regular 11 in between the two pro sizes, like that's a little confusing, I think. And so to have, okay, 12 are this size and the biggest 12 is the same size as a small 12 pro. And the like that makes sense to me like on a table at an Apple store because people already basically equate screen size with how good something is like i think laptops and desktop computers have burned that into our brains and so you have the 12 the stock phone the 5.4 inch smaller one means more of those people still using a touch id phone may be more willing to come to the 12 because it's closer in size to what they're used to and then the pro those people usually want more they're a little bit bigger they sit above the 12 in the range like this makes a lot more sense to me on paper than the iphone line has made uh, in quite a while i think yeah, and, and I think the OLED screens across the line helps really balance out a big difference, right? Like, just every screen is good, which is which is a good thing, so people feel comfortable in that. But, yeah, like, I know what you're saying about balancing out size-wise, for sure, but the feature balance is going to be... It's going to be very interesting. Like, how far does Apple go? Because, you know, like, the 11, the iPhone 11 was, was very close to the 11 Pro right in in what it could do so it will be interesting to see what features go where a new ipad air on the wave an edge-to-edge screen Uh, it's kind of about as much as mark gives on that one um i am wondering like based on some other rumors that i saw over the last few days touch id or face id you know there's a there's a rumor i saw on mac rumors that they might put touch id in the in the power button which makes a lot of sense i think and I would also really like that in my iPhone. 
Yes, very much so. I know that um, as far as the phone goes, the rumor is that, uh, well, at least the rumors a while back were saying that Apple was looking to integrate Touch ID under the display mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if 2021 or 22, but I would very much welcome if it's just in the power button. I think that would be fine. I think it would be interesting if they debut such a major uh, rethink of Touch ID in the iPad first, yeah. and not even in the iPad Pro, but in the iPad Air. I think it's going to be slightly odd, but, you know, they've done weirder things, I guess. Would you imagine they would go to Face ID on this product, though? On the iPad mm -hmm. Air? I mean, at this point, if they do go edge-to-edge, -edge, then yes. You could see them at doing this point, that. Okay. I can see them doing this because it's been uh, long enough right. since the introduction of the iPad Pro then some, that some of those features uh, can start trickling down to the rest of the line. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they also support the second-generation Apple Pencil. What about the Magic Keyboard? That I cannot see them doing it yet. Right. I still think it's... Like, these things, they they usually trickle them down in stages mm -hmm. and it, it feels like it hasn't passed enough since the introduction of the Magic Keyboard a few months ago yeah. that they're ready to bring it to the iPad Air line. I could imagine it will happen, right? Like as you say, like they, they did the smart keyboard happen. on the regular iPads, they've done the Apple yeah. Pencil on the regular iPads. Yeah, I think maybe they go flat sides and uh, especially if it's edge to edge, like maybe it picks up some of that iPad Pro design language and they get the new Apple Pencil, but it might yeah. be a touch early for um for the magic, the magic keyboard. keyboard yeah yeah they're gonna i mean i'm sure it's gonna have um a smart connector in the back mm -hmm. so and they're probably gonna have a smart keyboard for this new device but i would be i would be very surprised to, if they also have a magic keyboard ready to go for this one um touch id in the power button i think it would be very surprising because it would set a precedent for next year's iPhone, right? Because if they do it on the iPad Air now, then everybody's going to think, oh, well, I guess next year's iPhone is also going to have Touch ID back in the power button. I actually think that if they showed these two things up at the same event, people would be upset about the fact that the iPhone wouldn't have it. Exactly. They're going to be like, well, why doesn't the iPhone also have Touch ID in the power button? Especially in 2020 with the pandemic going on and face masks making Face ID trickier. There have always been things that I liked Touch ID for more. And over time, Apple actually made some of that stuff better, like with the Express Transit thing and stuff like that. But I I want Touch ID to, to return now because I am a diligent face mask wearer as everybody should be which means that like i'm putting in my passcode constantly now um mm -hmm. i'm not one of the unicorns that have got face id to work with a mask on um so, but I, so i don't know how that's happening for some people that hasn't that hasn't is worked. it happening for yes some yeah there's I've, I've seen multiple people talk about this now it's even carter in the chat is saying that face id has been 100 percent with a face mask on it's definitely happening for some people. I don't know why. You sure they have a face mask on? That's what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, it does seem strange mm. to me. I don't know how it's possible. Maybe it's like certain face masks, if they conform to your face. Who knows, right? But I've heard it happening to multiple people. I think they were talking about it on ATP a few weeks ago, too. Like, mm -hmm. It's a definitely a thing that some people are seeing. I don't know how it's possible. Uh, but nevertheless, that's why I want Touch ID to return. Uh, because there are things like passwords on one password or whatever and i'm entering in my entire like one password password instead of being able to use biometrics because i'm on the train and trying to log into something right so i would love touch id to come back 
Um, but I, I think that you're right. If they if they did touch ID in this iPad, it would really stick out if they don't if it wasn't in the iPhone too. Uh, there's also uh, some stuff about Apple Watches, but we'll talk about that in a minute because we're going to go into that in a little bit more detail. Uh, just mention of over-ear headphones. I'm super happy to hear about it because I'm really interested in that product. Head pods. I really hope this is finally coming true. They've been rumored for the past year at least. And I think it's uh, it would be good timing now, uh, especially with the spatial audio thing coming in iOS 14 that's supposedly, you know... Oh, man, I want to try that out so bad. Like, I want to understand what that's all about. But that's just going to be one of those things we have to wait for, right? Yeah, there's this whole thing that, well, spatial audio, it's not clear. Like, in theory, it's supposed to be working at the very least with Dolby Atmos movies. And I saw some people saying that they added um, support for this in the, in the la- either in beta 5 or beta 6 of iOS 14. And I tried it because I do have a bunch of Dolby Atmos purchases in my iTunes library, but I couldn't notice any meaningful difference um, with the AirPods Pro. There's also I thought the- that it required an AirPods firmware update see that's maybe that's what the issue is i don't know yeah uh, I, th- I thought that it, like it's the same with the device switching like there has to be a, a an airpods update i guess i guess yeah so and in addition to spatial audio there's also the motion stuff happening with airpods pro they have this motion api that they announced at wwdc um that's supposed to allow you to use the sensors in the airpods pro uh, so that when you're using a, when you're playing a game or doing something else, developers can actually see your motion in real time. So they can do some interesting things with the motion of your head. Um, so that w- would also be very interesting if the AirPods Studio or HeadPods, whatever they're called, they also support this. Personally speaking, I still have to find any documentation whatsoever for the Motion API. It, it's nowhere to be found on the Apple developer website. So I don't know, is this going to be one of the things that they announced at WWDC and they actually never shipped or are never going to ship this year? Uh, motion API for AirPods. Really fascinating on principle. Like you can actually have motion data and combine that with music players, with games, with video players. I think it could be fun. But there's no documentation to be found still, and it's September. So we'll see, I guess. All right, so what else do we have? Uh, smaller HomePod. I don't understand. I, I, I can't get my head around this. I'm going to need to see it. Yeah, I, I don't think people aren't buying the HomePod because of its size. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's... Now, if size, if a smaller size equates to a, a much lower price, it may tick up a little bit, but... I think we talk about this a lot. I think it's still too expensive for what it is. Size isn't the issue here. The issue here is the poor Siri support compared to something like the Echo. And it's too expensive. And it's not available worldwide still. Like, there's a bunch of problems. I don't think size is the, you know, the first of the list of the problems. Yep, I think you're right. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Wow. How, the history of feet is long. Bombas has rethought every detail of the socks that we wear to make them more comfortable. I have changed out my entire sock drawer, Bombas or Bust, in my household. Uh, they are extremely comfortable. Even when it's like hot and sweaty, they, they breathe nicely. They're really comfortable, and they have a really cool mission, which we'll talk about in a second. 
These socks do more than keep feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks that you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. And thanks to the generosity of their customers, Bombas has donated over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 3,000 giving partners. That's really cool. That's a lot of socks going to a lot of people. I think it's great. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, uh, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash connected. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and Relay FM. Mark Gurman dropped a little tidbit in uh, his report mm. that iOS 14 is still coming in September. If it's September 30th, it will still technically be September and I would feel a lot better about it. It's like, <laughs> are they going to drop iOS 14 before they have an event? I really don't understand why they need to do this. Like, I honestly, like, and, and I'm trying to think, like, I'm not a, a, a reviewer. I'm not biased, like, and I still cannot come up with any explanations. Like, why, if there's nothing else that, like, if there's no device that is coming out in September that is a new device that needs to have 14 pre-installed, what's the pressure? Especially considering the messy and buggy rollout of last year. And especially, again, look at the numbers. iOS has always been in beta. So that's before GM, always for the past few years, 100 days. Like, do you really want to break that pattern this time in 2020? Considering the pandemic and the last time and last year's poor reputation. I mean, they can do it. I really don't understand why. Um, and then the, the reviewer, uh, side of me says, well, um, <laughs> I've been struggling with this, you know, possibility for the past uh, few, really since WWDC. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, well, I've come to accept that it is a, a real possibility that this is the year that maybe, my, depending on what Apple does, my review will not be ready on day one. Mm. And, uh, I've come to this realization because, unfortunately, um, there have been some other problems going on in my personal life these past couple of weeks that I, th those have the priority, right? Mm -hmm. uh, those are things that I need to take care of, and uh, th they are the kinds of issues that you need to drop everything work-related and take care of those. And so, because of those circumstances that, of course... <laughs> they happen in 2020 because of course it's, you know might as well be the year of all the crazy stuff happening um that with that and with the possibility that no matter the delay um apple is going to release this in mid-september uh well i guess i will not be ready because i was banking on you know wwc 20 days later than usual i guess the review is also going to be 20 days later than usual yeah. And um, I've struggled with this information, really struggled. I've been very stressed, especially in, uh, in last month with, you know, the idea of planning vacations and everything. Um, and then I realized, you know, the review will be ready when it's ready. And if I had to choose between rushing the review and having a subpar product that I'm not happy with, 
And yes, by the way, I should clarify the the, the problems that I mentioned. They're not personal problems to me. I'm I'm totally fine. I just uh, you know family stuff that I'm supposed to be taking care yeah. of. Just you know people get concerned and everything. I'm totally good. Um, not confused and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, between choosing you know choosing between rushing the review and saying well you know what i'm just i'm gonna make it special i'm gonna pour all my energy into it and if it's gonna be a week later then fine i guess you know i'm gotta hope that people will still pay attention it's not like it's not like you provide the manual right the people get because the ios because federico's review isn't out people are gonna download ios 14 and be like well now what do i do you know, it's like it's it's not essential. It's just nice that it comes out on the same day, right? It's nice that it comes out, the, but, but I, I, I feel it. like the 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 value can be extracted from it no matter when yes. it comes out. Um, yeah. So many people don't read it on day one, right? They wait and yeah. go through it in their own pace, or they, you know, they're like, "Oh, I'll read it this weekend or whatever." And if you're gonna be late one year, this is the year you can be late. It's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm people will understand but still you could still have more than enough notice to get things to a place where you're happy with them you know we don't know right but i think it is it's time for everybody who is developing apps who's thinking about getting them ready for day one who's writing reviews who's preparing special content to realize look you might miss day one this year and you know what yeah nothing bad is gonna happen you're gonna be totally fine yeah, yeah. So, like I said, um, I've been thinking about it very long. I've been discussing it with, with Sylvia. Um, I'm going to try real hard. If it has to be late, I'm going to try real hard to make it extra special in terms of, like, the perks that you will find in it and the examples. Like, I've been testing so many different apps. It's kind of ridiculous. So, to try and make it as unique as possible so that even if it's late, um, there's still uh, can be value in it. You know, and I'm, this is something that I've actually been working toward for the past few years to make something that is not like a rehash of a press release but that has opinions and and details and examples and uh, you know shortcuts and scripts that you can download inside of it and the special design all those things uh, have been you know done so that the review can stand on its own even months later and i've been fortunate enough to hear from people saying uh, i didn't read the review the first week and i actually you know been reading it slowly uh through the course of october and i really enjoyed it and that makes me really happy because it means it's something that people can revisit and can read even later um because they find it useful and they find it you know entertaining so that makes me really happy and that's what i'm saying like you do not produce the manual right Right. like you are not producing purposefully like this is how you use ios 14 it's not what it is yeah you look at each feature you describe it to as much as it needs description and then give your opinion on it because you might write a review a review being a little later does not mean that the review is invalidated now yeah. yeah well but i you know how you can, here's how i can make you feel better i think i can do this right yeah you have reviewed many products every iphone every ipad and many of those reviews you've published after you bought the phone not when you were very given true. them very true and those very stories true. have yes. always done well because you take the time yeah. to put your opinions and your thoughts into them and the stories do great 
and the more unique they were, the better they performed. Exactly. Actually, like last year's uh, Rome uh, for photographic tour mm -hmm. that went mm -hmm. really well. It was very ex expensive for the CDN because of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you win some, you lose very some. Expensive. But like, look. Uh, but but yeah. also, you have you have the the thing that a lot of people won't have in that you are Federico Vitici and people want your review. And it is your unfair advantage, right? But like that's you've built that, right? Like you've built that advantage over time. But I don't wanna uh, but that's that's the thing, right? Don't rest on it, right? So like don't uh, exactly. be like, ah, it will come when it comes. Exactly. Work your butt exactly. off to get it out as soon as you can, but don't pull your hair out because you didn't make it. I know, I know. It's just that one of my greatest fears is becoming complacent. But this isn't complacency, Federico. Like... The, 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 the extreme is becoming irrelevant because you don't care anymore. Yeah. We've seen that happen yes. to a bunch of older people. And I still, like, every day I feel like the proverbial fire has been lit under my behind um, because I, I got to feel like that. You know, it. I got to feel like, you know, I, I need to do more and more. Mm -hmm. But you reach a certain point where you, you, other things have the priority. And also, I, I reached the point where because I, I did this to myself years ago, for example, you know, the, the insane work schedule and the never resting and the never yep. sleeping. And I know firsthand where that took me. <laughs> I, you know, I... I reach a certain point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best to try and be ready in time. But then health and family and mental health have the priority always. And also the quality of the work. And the and Exactly. Right? Like if you exactly. rush it too much, it's not going to give people what they have then waited for. You take a little bit of extra time and you get it right and you do it. But again, this is not set in stone. Nothing of this is because... Still, you may have until the middle of October. Nobody actually really knows, right? German rarely is wrong about this stuff. Uh, so I tend to, you know, I would say I'm leaning like 70% Mark is right. Yeah, but you've got a lot of September left. There's a lot of September left. And, uh, you know, I'm about 60%, I would say, done with the review. The final 40% is much easier, thankfully, because the really hard stuff I did before... And uh, it's just, uh, especially the past two weeks have been crazy. So I was hoping to be at a different stage of um, writing, but I'm not. So, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. If it's late September, I can probably manage. If it's mid-September, like I can tell you right now, I'm positive I will not be ready mid-September. But then it's just up to you, right? Because, like, when the review comes out, there's obviously people paying attention because it's iOS 14 day. But mm -hmm. on that day, there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. If you do it an amount of days later, you can make that day your day. It's Federico's day. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point. That's a good and point. I, and I know there's like there's pros and cons, and like you, no one really knows how it's going to go. But like, I really don't think that you are going to have a worse. And again, here we, I'll give you another example. Do you remember that time when no one could read the review? Oh my god! What was that? <laughs> iOS twelve. <laughs> iOS 11, 11 and the website went down and I was at the at the vet for a Zelda emergency. <laughs> so no one could get the day. review, right? No one could read it. It was like it was dead oh for many hours. Oh but that God. year was fine, right? The review still yeah. did well. The numbers were great. Yeah. 
even though people had to come back to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People want what you were producing because you have built a reputation for producing something which is worth reading. And that is because you've been doing this for how many years? Well, uh, formally, uh, uh, since iOS 9, like officially, the Mac Stories review started with 9. So you got like five years of people expecting this thing. They know it's going to be good. So they'll they'll want it. The people will want it no matter when it comes, right? Like, you'll be fine. Don't take this as the ability to publish it in January, right? But like, if you're a couple of weeks late, you'll be fine. Because also as well, like people won't even have their iPhones. Like people will update the 14, but it won't have the new phone. Exactly. You can and that's... wait till they get the new phone and they'll do it then. Whatever, you know? Or like 14 will be out, but so many app developers are not ready that people can't even take advantage of the features anyway if you get out on day one, right? Because there's barely any widgets no. in the store, maybe. Who knows? Like, Thank you for this. It makes me feel really, really good and better, <laughs> honestly. Um, good. It will, co- it will come together, right? Like... This is just a year where so much stuff is messed up, right? Like, look, Apple's going to have the iPhone late, mm-hmm. right? One of them might not come out for two months after when we'd expect. <laughs> I guess I can be late. Yes. I mean, they're even late. Yes, and they you have could billions. be late. I don't have billions. I don't have billions. I have a bunch of euros in my pocket. I don't have billions. Um, yeah. Yeah, I still don't get it though. Like, I still, why does it need to come out in September? Like, all things aside. We've spoken about this. We were speaking about this last week, right? Like, it is possible that Apple's internal timelines, they're meeting them. This is what we were talking about. That, like, the timeline you have started started when WWDC started, but Apple's timeline probably started a month before that. They may have started their, like, we're on beta one when WWDC would have been. So they got three weeks on you. Right, because the first set of betas were incredibly stable, right? Speak of antitrust, right? And it's anti-competitive. <laughs> They're, using their... over me. Oh. <laughs> They're using their advantage on you again. Yet again. Yet again. Yet again. Yet again. Those anti-competitive <laughs> behaviors. You can see it everywhere. But you know what I mean, though, right? Like, that. yeah, you're tracking the beta process. But that's the publicly seen process. They have their own internal timelines. Yeah, and speaking of which, today should have been Beta 7 day, but it's not. It was for the Apple Watch. It was for the Apple Watch. Only the Apple Watch, though. But it might be, they're putting out 13.7 today. So it might be like an all-hands-on-deck type of thing, right? could be later today for beta 7 or could be tomorrow mm-hmm. but i still think it's going to be weekly so this week at some point this week yep ios in case anybody's yeah. missed that ios 13.7 with the uh exposure notification 2.0 is uh is out today although funnily in the release notes apple just republished the ios 13 release notes which is very weird oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> come on so apple. the release notes talk about like Dark mode is here. Right, like it's like it was a whole year ago. It was a whole year ago. Well, there's a yeah. iOS thirteen point seven introduces new emoji stickers and iCloud Drive folder sharing from the Files app. This update also sure. includes bug fixes and improvements. Sure, easier times. Federico, I agree with everything Mike said. That's I kind of just let him let him go. Uh, one thing I will add though is it's not like you're doing this in secret, right? It's not like 
iOS 14 day comes, say, you know, <laughs> heaven forbid it's in two weeks, and there's no Mac Stories review, and, and people are just left wondering, like, you're talking about it here on Connected, you're talking about it on social media, your other shows, like, people who follow you are going to know what's going on. And so you're not leaving people in the dark. If anything, I think us talking about it so much this year, I feel like we've talked about it more uh, in advance this year than in previous years. Like, if anything, that keeps people engaged looking forward yeah. to it. So I think you're communicating with people. I don't think anyone's going to feel upset or tricked or like, well, where is it? I feel like I deserve this. Like, you are doing uh-huh. the right things when it comes to communicating this in advance. So, yeah, work hard. Don't kill yourself over it. And when it's done, post it. And the real hardcore teachy heads, right? That's, that's your fan base, by the way. Uh, okay. They, that's, gotta, that's a better name for that. It's got to be. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good as it is. I think they would be surprised now if you did put it out when I was thinking comes out. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think at this point, people are expecting you to be late. Mm. What about uh, Fan of Rico's? Mm. Mm. No, Teachy mm. Heads is kind of nice. Teachy Heads, what, what else I, could we do? It's kind of nice. We got, I, I don't know. So yeah, but still. So uh, thank you, thank you both for the advice and words of encouragement. Uh, I will not kill myself over it. It's still a lesson that I'm trying to learn, and sometimes I, I think this year has gone better um, in terms of managing my stress levels and managing my work hours. And also because in a way, I think in a way, the pandemic helped in that I, I wanted to spend more time with my friends this summer than more time than usual mm. because of the lockdown right. months prior. So in a sort of weird and twisted way, the pandemic kind of helped there. Uh, but still, this is still something that it's very much, very much on my mind every single day. Like, uh making progress on this thing um but we'll see uh but i agree i if i had to choose between rush it out or take your time and you know be happy with it because i know that like these are like these stories i use myself again later as reference i couldn't stand the thought of you know have it be something that is not as polished as usual so i will take your advice guys very gladly just you know just, you want to make it right right yeah make it right don't yeah. don't make it wrong and then take advantage of the fact if if you do you are late maybe you'll have more uh apps that you can feature with the features um yes, you know I do. so yeah th- yep. you know you might get to do something that you never get to do which would be to show uh like large applications right from large companies because like typically you show uh, indie apps, right, from uh, people that are in the yeah. community because they will send you the betas, but you maybe mm-hmm. don't get your hands on, like, more mainstream applications. Like, our friends at Google Docs are always there on day one. Uh, I with will the new work features. with Google to bring you the exclusive <laughs> yeah. uh, this year. <laughs> so, you know, you, you might get uh, you might get that. Uh, uh, Pastor Boy in the chat has made a good suggestion for teaching fans, seniors. Ah. That's a deep cut. Oh, that's good. It's a deep cut right there. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So oh, wow. there was that, one good. more product uh, that Mark Gurman spoke about, which was quite a surprise to me, uh, related to the Apple Watch, which we'll talk about just after this break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by SideQuest for Slack. 
When it comes to help desks and request tracking tools, we all seem to have this love-hate relationship with them. For many teams, they are the only way to process a large volume of requests in an efficient and reliable manner, but at the same time, they can feel impersonal, old-fashioned, and inaccessible. SideQuest is a new app that lets you create help desks and personal task inboxes that teams love. Get this, 100% inside of Slack, where, which where, you know, business happens for many of us. I'm in Slack all day, every day. SideQuest combines the reliability of traditional ticketing systems and the ease of use of modern task managers inside Slack, the place where teams, like I said, were already communicating. Plus, it allows your workspace members to create tasks in public or private support channels, but also for each other in personal task inboxes. And for private Slack channels, it works like a mailbox. Anyone can submit tickets, but only designated agents can see what's going on inside. This is great for things like confidential requests. As soon as a ticket has been created, SideQuest turns it into a single point of truth, so your team always has a shared understanding about the task at hand, its history, and its status. This reduces ambiguities and the need for awkward, hey, friendly reminder about my ticket. SideQuest takes care of all that stuff. It's a great fit for internal tech, HR, office management, and other service desks, as well as for teams looking for a lightweight task tracking solution. There's no need to install new software or to set up and manage new accounts as it lives 100% inside Slack. SideQuest is made in Germany, so you are fully protected by GDPR, one of the world's strictest data protection laws. It takes just two clicks to install and comes with interactive onboarding, Plus, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial with no credit card or personal data required. So open up your new help desk today and test SideQuest for one month free of charge by visiting getsidequest.app connected and then use the promo code connected for 50% off the first six months. Create help desks and personal task inboxes that teams love with SideQuest 100% inside Slack. That's getsidequest.app slash connected and the promo code connected for one month free and again, 50% off the first six months. Our thanks to SideQuest for Slack for their support of the show and Relay FM. It's a pretty mega discount. It is. All right. So I was quite surprised about this, uh, both to see it in Mark Gilman's report and then Stephen, you put some extra links in kind of talking about some rumors and some possibilities of this product, that we'll see two Apple Watches. Now, this doesn't mean what we've seen in the past, where they're going to be Apple Watches with different materials. That may be the case, but we're talking two products here. One will be a successor to the Series 5. Not really sure what's going to go into that. I mean, I don't know if... I don't think we're going to see a Series 4 to Series 5 where we were like, I don't know what the Apple Watch is going to get. And they were like, Bam! Here's some always-on screens, right? Like I don't. Mm-hmm. That was a big mm-hmm. surprise. Uh, I don't know if we'll see that. Um, I would really love to see what they would. What I'd seen rumors about before um, about like sensors that could detect stress and stuff like that, and, and like panic attacks. Like that yeah. feels like a really good place yep. to move for the Apple Watch. Um, I guess most people are hoping for more battery life. I guess which could happen with the removal of the uh, force touch. Uh, sensors in the display um although personally i would like to actually see the watch get thinner rather than more battery but that's just my own tastes do either of you have any thoughts as to what you think c- 
could be in the Series 5 or what you'd want to see. Uh, sorry, in the Series 6, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, those sensors, uh, the, what, what is it, the blood oxygen level, um, mm-hmm. that could be really interesting. I think it's something that I would personally want, especially in the context of, uh, I guess it could be integrated with sleep tracking somehow. I'm sure more data can always help there. And um, for managing uh, stress levels and anxiety to detect panic attacks and to have that integration with the um, with the Breathe app, for example, it could be really fascinating to have. And it could it's the kind of hardware addition that could spawn a lot of new categories of apps on the watch, I feel like. Um, and battery life, I agree. It's also something that I would welcome. The design itself is fine. I could go for, for some more thinness. I could go for a thinner watch. But it's not like if I were to choose uh, that sensor and longer battery, you can never go wrong with that, especially in the context of sleep tracking. So if, you can, if, if they can get even a couple extra hours out of the watch, I think I would like that. What about you, Stephen? Do you have anything specific? No, I think I'm on board with with all of that. I mean, it really feels like this could be the Apple Watch's moment to shine. You know, they're they're doing the hand washing stuff in the new Watch OS, but if they could use even the hardware it already has or with a new sensor to make this a more useful tool given our current era, I think it would be it would be great. Uh, whether or not they can do that, I, I don't know. Um, as far as battery life versus thinness, I mean, if they pull out the 3D touch, force touch layer uh, that will give them a little a little more space. I think battery life is pretty good on the Series Five. Now I have the big one. My wife has the smaller size, and if she works out for say an hour, she's charging her watch. You know, at dinner time most days. So I think while I would personally would like to see the watch a little thinner, my guess is that they would maybe lean towards battery life, especially if sleep tracking is present or some other sensors that may take up additional power. I think they're, I can't imagine that Apple's willing to sort of level off on the battery life yet, like they have on the iPad, right? iPads get 10 hours of battery life. That's how it's always been. I feel like the watch could expand that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that we've hit the sweet spot for battery yet. Like it did happen and then it changed again for a lot of people, right? That the, watch os 6 changed it and obviously the always on display has changed it a little bit they could definitely go further i don't think anyone's going to complain to get more right like it's it's definitely a product that could do always do with more battery life but just like if i was going to make a decision i don't have problems with the battery because i barely wear mine but when i do wear it i, I always want it to be a little thinner than it is uh, so that's the Series 6. I mean, we'll get what we get on that one. Um, but then there's a talk of a new Apple Watch product to replace the Series 3 watch, a lower-end hmm. model to compete with companies like Fitbit. Now, I'm assuming what that means is compete on price, not on product offering. And I guess the question is, what is this product what does it cost and what does it do? Hmm. Right? Is this an hmm. Apple Watch? Like it's a watch? I, I think I think it is. It's to be a watch. I, I look at this the way maybe Apple looks at the iPhone, right? So until the new SE came along, we had you know, the 11, the 11 Pro, those phones, and the 8 was just sitting there getting kind of older and older. And I think that's where the Apple Watch Series 3 is. It's still for sale. It's still a good watch, but not the current design. A little bit slower on the processor than the Series 4 and Series 5. And I could see Apple 
and one of these uh, blog posts we're going to put in the show notes even like floats the idea of Apple Watch SE as the name of take that sort of classic design and give it more modern internals and keep the price really low. Because, look, if you want to spend three, four, five hundred dollars on an Apple Watch, it's easy to do. But to really get down and like finish off Fitbit in terms of uh, pricing, they've got to be able to to go uh, less expensive than even the Series Three is. So I think I think that would be a, a route they would go. Now in terms of the thought, I think Mike, you were getting at like, is it a watch? Like, is there room for Apple to do something like a wristband that does all the fitness stuff but doesn't have a screen and just you know. Uh, deals like with an iphone and the activity app or something i mean i was also thinking that like it could have a screen with some information on it but it's different i mean like the apple watch series 3 starts at 199 how much cheaper can they go like how much cheaper do they need to go what is what is a fitbit like i don't know i've never really looked at fitbits like how much cheaper do they need to be to continue to compete right like what what it what is a Fitbit's around that price, right? I mean, I mean, the Inspire Two is maybe like a hundred bucks. I don't know. So the the Fitbit Versa Three, which looks like an Apple Watch, is two twenty nine, and then they go down from there. Uh, you know, they've got they keep older styles around. The Versa Two is still around, and then they have their stuff that's not really smart watches, but more like traditional Fitbit. And you can get down to a hundred dollars there, sixty nine dollars even for the kids one. So. I think it would be interesting for Apple to do a product like this. Honestly, if Apple did one of these with with no screen or like m- minimal screen, then you could have all the activity stuff and then wear a traditional watch for those people say, who want to do that. I would I would kind like, of like them to make something that had all the sensors in me too. and connected to my iPhone so I could wear whatever watch I wanted and then on the other wrist wear this like Apple band that just has the sensors. I would like that, mm-hmm. right? Because that's effectively what I do with my Apple Watch. I don't really have any notifications to go to it. I just wear it for seeing the time, but any of my watches can do that. And then just have the sensors going on. And I could yeah. imagine that being like a very interesting product. But here's the Apple mm-hmm. part that I wanted to float by you too, right? The iPhone SE is a product that's like, oh, we made it because it's like, you know, this is the, the classic design, blah, 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 right? What if the Series 6 looks very different and the SE looks like how the Apple Watch quote-unquote used to look and it's cheaper, right? Because the iPhone SE does not look like the current iPhone. Never has. Look like an old iPhone. So why would they need to introduce this product anyway? Like, why could they not keep the Series 3 around and put a new chip in it? Or like what, like, you know what I mean? Like, why do they mm-hmm. need two watches that look the same? But like, this is, it's it's already the current model. Like why, like the, like the current idea is they have two watches. One's cheaper, one's not. Why do they need to introduce it as a separate product? Like what's the difference? What's the value proposition? Why are they doing that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, it's just a solidification of apple's like product strategy and if you give it a name like se then it doesn't look as bad when you go to the apple website it's like oh i can choose between the series three and the series six Uh, i think you can update it give it a slightly different name and and it'd be okay uh in the eyes of people shopping they don't feel like they're getting something that's 
three years old. So I don't know. It's just it's so interesting because it feels like the watch could be on the verge of like really coming into its own in a new way. And uh, I want it to. I mean, I would, uh, you know, I would love to see them continue to uh, continue to expand it, reach more people with it. Yeah, I could go for I was thinking that it would be interesting to see like a cheaper watch that has the modern design. So the Series 4 design without the always on display, but with modern chips inside. So no always on display, new design modern chips and uh, things like always on and I don't know what's like another new feature uh, yeah maybe that's the, the, the I guess the one of the premium features that could still remain exclusive to the higher price line but so something that has just like the iPhone SE has like modern um, components inside but in this case I really feel like Apple should be moving away from the old series 3 design uh, of the Apple Watch with the squared off edges and all that. Mm. I really think they should, if they release a new one, I really think they should still have th- the latest design on this model. Uh, but I would understand if they were to cut some of the features from it and uh, it feels like the always-on display could be one of them. I I don't know. It's it. Your thought, Mike, that what if the Series 6 is entirely different? That is a very interesting idea that I hadn't considered before. Like, what if they do this with the current design, but then it's the Series 6 that's actually changing? Mm. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe it's a little too early for the Apple Watch to change again. I don't know. But I don't think it's ever really changed. Like, yeah, Series 4 brought in the, like, the UI goes to the edges kind of thing. But it's... I mean, like, you put a Series 5 and a Series 3 next to each other when the the screens are not on, and they look the same, right? Like, I I have wanted for a while to see some, some significant visible change in the Apple Watch's industrial design. Like, it's it's a fashion item. It shouldn't stay the same. Like, I, I would like to see something change. You know, like I know people don't like this idea, but I do. I would like the, I would like to see a round Apple Watch. I, I just would. Um, I like round watches. <laughs> uh, I would like to see what Apple could do with a round Apple Watch. So the other thing that I just thought of is like, what if the SE is basically the four? Hmm. So they they take yeah. what yeah. you know is a, they basically make yeah. an Apple Watch where the, the the UI goes all the way to the edges, and you know it's a, it's basically closer to the Apple Watch Series Four than the Series Three, and then they move mm-hmm. forward from there. And the reason they give it a name is because there isn't a product like they're not going to put the Series Five down into that bracket because it's they can't make it that cheap yet. But there is because they retired the Series Four. There isn't a product to take it over, so they create a quote-unquote new product that's effectively an Apple Watch Series Four, um, and call it the uh, Apple Watch SE. This is like the least exciting or interesting of the, the potential ideas that we've had in this <laughs> topic, but maybe feels like the most logical based on like yeah. not wanting to keep dragging around the old UI design forever, to so they don't have to keep supporting that going forward. I don't know. If you want to find links to the stories we talked about this week, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 310. While you are on that lovely website, there are a couple of things you can do. You can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can become a member and get Connected Pro, which is a ad-free, longer version of the show every single week. And you also get 
access to all of the annual specials. So uh, we did an ASMR special. The Cortex Upgrade Text Adventure is out. Lots of good stuff in that feed for your listening enjoyment. If you want to find Mike, he's he's around. He's on the internet. He's on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike hosts a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. Mike, name a show that you do not host. Oh, you got me. Uh, hmm. A show that I do not host. Uh, why don't you check out, if you're an artsy person, you know, like you like galleries, you like looking at art, you know, there's a show that we have here on Relay FM that I think you might like. It's hosted by Quinn Rose and Betty Chan. It's called Pictorial. And it's two non-professional art enthusiasts who take a look at art and talk about it. Not you. You're not on that show. I'm not on that show. I told you who was not on, on that it. show. It wasn't me. Not on it. Yeah. Not you. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Lots of good stuff going on MacStories. I'm enjoying y'all's uh, coverage of the new features kind of leading up to the review. I think that's a really, really Thank smart you. thing. Thank you. And uh, I learned about iOS 13.7 from the MacStories Twitter feed today. I had no idea. Yeah, and then, true. oh, there's a tweet. That is true. Yeah. Hot, hot-breaking uh, Mac news over there at MacStories. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH and my writing over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Hover, Bombus, and SideQuest, and a reminder to go support St. Jude at stjude.org slash relay. Until next time, gentlemen. Wait, wait, wait. Can I say one last thing? Yes. Ping launched 10 years ago today. Hooray! Rest in peace. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes. I already think about paying. You can go, go read it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got that in there. It's good. Real time, real time breaking news here on yeah. Connected. Okay, so now for real, for realsies this time, uh, say goodbye, gentlemen. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.